Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth a chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former, former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a, a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm going to read this out of the uh, New Living Bible. And uh, this is verse 15. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering uh, candle wick. Verse 18, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so this scripture uh, uh, last week, actually, this scripture was on my heart, and I thought I might minister on it next door on Wednesday night, but it wasn't right, and as we went a different direction. But the scripture is just kind of rolling around the last uh, last couple of weeks in my heart, and and uh, you know we're thankful for what God's done, and I'm I'm thankful for God's faithfulness. You know, tonight we're singing that song, and and you are good in all your ways. Just really a, a just a heart of just gratefulness to God. I mean, just for his faithfulness year in and year out and, and just God's been good. And, and, you know, we, we should get good at and be adept at expressing those things and, 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 you know, being thankful for what he's done in our life, you know, and, and remembering those things from that standpoint for the grateful heart, you know, but God's done a lot of good stuff for us, but there are things he wants to do in this next year in 2018 that, that, um, uh, I believe are, are pretty amazing things. I really believe this next year will be a year of, of just acceleration or uh, for us, not only as a church, but also as believers and uh, advancement, acceleration, just more that God wants to do. And, and we know as we get closer to the day uh, that the Lord Jesus returns, it'll have to be that way. There'll have to be an acceleration. And, um, you know, I know that uh, I, I personally believe that uh, we're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. And uh, if we'll get in tune with what he's doing and follow him, we'll tap into that quicker. But I believe there's some things God wants to do this year. And in our, like I said, in our lives individually, our personal walk with God's and uh, with God and, you know, our, our personal knowledge of him and intimate knowledge of him. I believe he wants to promote us in some things and accelerate us in some things and, and his voice becoming clearer to us every day and recognizing more clearly when he speaks and when he guides and how he directs and all of these things. Does that sound good to anybody? And um, I believe he wants to do it, but also as a church, you know, a year of an advancement and, and moving forward and moving up. And, and of course, you know, the church will advance as the members advance and as the individuals advance and we encourage one another, the church will advance. I mean, you know, the, the, a, a group of people can't do or can't progress any faster or any, or any better than the individual members are progressing. That's why your own personal growth is such an important thing. And, and that's why taking what you hear here and applying it on Monday and on Tuesday and, and, and throughout the week is such an important thing. Because as we grow there, then our ability to steward more here will grow. And, you know, that's really what it's about. You know, God uh, uh, will entrust to us what we're able to steward as a, as a collective group. 
uh, he'll, he'll, he'll entrust us, but he has entrusted us with what we're able to steward. But if we're wanting to steward more, then we've got to grow in those areas. Well, we do it personally. And, and as we do it personally, our ability as a, as a group and as a body will grow as well. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do what God's asked us to do. But like I said, I believe this year is going to be just a really uh, uh, phenomenal year. I so appreciate, you know, uh, what Pastor said last Sunday. Because we've heard these kind of things before. And, and, and you need time, I, I believe it's true all the time. When, when the Lord prompts us in an area, we know that it's true. But, uh, you know, I, 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 if we're going to have these things, we've got to make sure that we approach things differently. And we don't just go through the same motion and do it the same way we've done it, but, but approach this with an open heart towards what the Lord wants to do and what he'd, have, what he'd say to you individually, what he'd have you to do. So uh, go with me over to Genesis chapter 11. And I just had a few things in my heart tonight about, about this, and, and um, uh, I hope this is not what Pastor Andrew ministered uh, Wednesday night. Like I said, I haven't heard it yet, but if it is, then it's just extra good. Then uh, she was extra right um, uh, last week, trying to get that eyebrow down. And um, so we're moving somewhere. We're going somewhere. In, uh, in Genesis chapter, we'll just start in the 11th chapter, verse 27. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Abram, uh, Nor begot Abram, Nahor, uh, Haran. Haran begot Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abraham and Nabor uh, took wives. The, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai and the uh, name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Ishka, those are some tough names. What could have been just Sue and John? But anyway, uh, verse 30, but Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out from, from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Verse 12, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him and Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So we have the account here of, of God calling Abram and, and uh, really distinguishing uh, uh, Abram. Of course, you know, God was able to call uh, Abram and, and, and to call him out because Abram had already distinguished himself uh, as a man who was, who was, whose heart was tender toward the things of God. But um, in order for Abram to walk in everything that God had for him, God had a plan. And of course, you know, we read this, what he wanted to do. Uh, it really is true that the last, in verse 3, it says, in, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed through this one man. What a heritage uh, that God had in store for Abram and his descendants. And so, of course, you know, you know Christ came through this and, and uh, because of his obedience. But in order for these things to happen, uh, Abram had to uh, step out of where he was to go to where God was calling him to be. And so tonight, you know, just a, a few things, you know, if we're going to move uh, further into what God has for us and, and to lay hold of the things that he has for us this year, we've got to be willing to let loose of some things that, uh, some places that we were, some things that we had in the past. And, um, you know, it, it is by 
you know, you read these verses here with Abram. I'm sure these were uh, not, a, not, not necessarily an easy request that the Lord was making or, or commandment he gave Abram. I'm sure these were things that were a little difficult for him to hear. But if he wanted what God had for him, he had to be willing to move out and to go beyond what, what, um, what he had known and to step into some other things. And so, you know, our willingness to follow God is everything. Our willingness to follow God is everything. Now, God, I believe, already knew Abram's heart. This is a man that would do this. He, would, he, was, he was a man whose character is such he was willing to do this. But for us, you know, it's important that we maintain a heart where we're willing to do whatever he asks us to do. And, and in any area that there's uh, nothing off the table, that everything, every option is available. And, um, you know, I think Pastor said last week about taking a, you know, a good hard look at our lives and, and seeing the things that are going on where we are and, and being willing to lay everything at the officer, being willing to let everything be discussed and unveiled and, and looked into and, 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 uh, for lack of a better word, exposed, you know, before the Lord. And I mean, no, we don't expose things to other people, but we should be, have our hearts exposed before the Lord. And so, uh, you know, letting these things be out there, uh, for him. And so, uh, leaving, leaving there was such, uh, uh, an important thing that Abraham or Abram not done this, he would not have been known as Abraham and these things that God wanted to do in his life would have never taken place. And so I want to tonight just look at a, a few things tonight that, uh, that I believe that just a few things the Lord put on my heart, uh, uh, things to, to, to be aware of. Like I said, you know, you can't stay where you are and get where you're going. A decision's got to be made. And so at the beginning of a year, if there's an expectancy in your heart, and you may not know a specific for you uh, uh, what God wants to do, but uh, there should be a sense, if you're tuned into the things of God, there should be a sense that there's things he has in store for you personally and for us as a church. Well, we want to be willing to, let, to, to go after those things, but lay, uh, let loose of where we've been. And, um, you know, well, we'll start with this one. So the first one the Lord just told me is leave disobedience. <laughs> and that's always a fun place to start. But, um, uh, you know, start doing what you know to do. And Pastor talked about this at length, you know, last, last Sunday uh, on New Year's Eve about, you know, being doers of the word. And so we won't go into all that. If you didn't hear the, the message, go back and listen to it. It was really good. Um, being a doer of the things that you know to do and really not, knowing, not doing what you know to do is just simply that is disobedience. And so leave those areas. And, and, and be willing to ask, ask the Lord, you know, what is what to, to bring the light areas in our life where we can make these adjustments and get more in line with his, his plan. And, and for many times, you know, it's not major things for us. It's small areas of our life, small things. And, you know, we know the Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. A lot of times it's the small areas of disobedience, the little things that really disqualify us for the bigger opportunities that are out there. Um, little areas of just maybe slothfulness in our own personal devotion time, um, you know, can cause us to be, uh, to miss opportunities, God-ordained opportunities that would come our way that when they arrive, because the little areas of our life we've not been diligent in, maybe been disobedient in, let's just call it what it is, been disobedient in, because of that lack of obedience, we miss the opportunity, they come and they pass us by. And so, you know, this year, uh, as you start a new year, it's a good time to, to take an evaluation of the fundamental things in our life, the fundamental areas of, of, of where we are and the things that make us who we are and, and the core uh, uh, practices and uh, 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 
what's the right word? Not habits, but the core, uh, um, what's that? Disciplines of our life. And um, being faithful in those things is everything. If you're faithful in those areas, it makes it a whole lot easier to respond in bigger, bigger things. Um, so, you know, the first thing is to leave areas of disobedience, uh, lazy habits, being a forgetful hearer, uh, things that we just take for granted that because they don't carry uh, any immediate uh, consequences, we think that they, that they don't have consequences. They do have consequences. Long-term disobedience in any area will rob you of what God has for you. Amen. In fact, you know what, a lot of times what will happen is it dulls us to the voice of God. It dulls us to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and it dulls us to illumination to God's Word. Even things that were once clear can become, uh, can become cloudy when we start skipping out or, 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 or not paying attention to the small areas. And so what that is in your life, I don't know, but uh, the specific deal, but ask the Holy Ghost. Thank God we've got a guide in life that can guide us into all truth. He knows where we are. He knows exactly the state of, uh, of our life and our heart, exactly where we are. And he is faithful to lead us from where we are to where God would have us to be. And the truth is, you've got him in your life. If you're born again, and especially if you've been filled with the Spirit, you've got not only his leading, but his power to do whatever it is he's directing you to do. There is no reason, there is no blanket uh, uh, thing to say, well, I can't because of this. You've got the greater one on the inside, and he is the revealer of truth. He is the guide, not just a guide, but the guide, and he will direct your steps. If you are willing to hear from him, he will direct your steps. If your heart is open, he'll begin to speak to you. If your heart is open, when you open the word, he'll begin to reveal things and cause things to jump out of the page at you that will bring uh, illumination and direction to your path. Amen. So leaving these things of, of, of uh, these areas of disobedience in our life is, is everything. And so let's be careful to, to our fundamentals in our Christian walk to make sure we have those things in line with his word. Amen. The second thing is to leave fear. Fear will keep you bound and it'll keep you stationary. Leaving fear is, is, is huge. I was reminded of the, you can go over to 2 Kings chapter, um, chapter 7. This story, uh, it's just a, it's a great example of, of uh, not yielding to fear. <laughs> And being bold to step out will do. You know, this is the, the account of there were four leprous uh, men. And in uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, it says, There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? You know, they were not in a good situation. And, you know, this year, like, you know, Pastor had said, maybe 2017 was not a good year for you. It really makes no difference, good or bad. It has no bearing on what this year can be or what God, what God wants it to be in your life. Amen? But these guys were in a terrible situation, a terrible spot. And, and uh, they're sitting outside the gate. You know, when you were leprous, you were an outcast. Uh, you were not allowed to be in the city with everybody else. Imagine everywhere you go having to yell out, unclean. Not a super fun thing to have to do. Everywhere you go to announce that, hey, I'm unclean and I'm a mess and don't get near me. It was a very lonely life, I'm sure. And there were colonies of lepers, but these were the outcasts of society. And so they're sitting outside the gate and they said, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. So their first option was not real good. 
Going into the city where there's a famine, of course, if they go in, they could also be stoned for, for going in there, could be, be killed for going in where healthy people were. But uh, there's a famine in the city. There's no food for them. And so going there is not a good option. And if, uh, uh, if we sit here, we will we'll, we'll die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. You know, a lot of times fear will keep us in a place where nothing is working right. Fear of, of stepping out, fear of obeying, fear of, um, uh, of, 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 uh, of moving forward. Uh, I've seen a lot of times people who are in terrible situations that are willing to stay there because they're afraid of something else that might be worse, but it actually might be better. And uh, these folks had this opportunity, well, we can stay here and die, we can go into the city and die, we can go to the Assyrians, and maybe they'll let us live, or maybe we'll die. Verse 5, so they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Assyrians. When they come to the outskirts of the Assyrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Assyrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. When the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into the tent and uh, into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went in and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeeper of the city who told them, saying, went to the Syrians' camp, and surprisingly no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. And the gatekeeper called out and told it to the king's house inside. So the king arose in the night and said to the servants, let me now uh, uh, tell you what the Syrians have done to us. He goes on to say what had happened. Basically, when it's all said and done, because of their willingness to step out and not let fear control them and keep them from moving out, they were able to not only save themselves, but to rescue the city. And so, you know, uh, uh, not letting fear keep us uh, in a place of inaction is such an important thing. Now, like I said, these are things that had on my heart. I don't know where it is you find yourself. What thing is it the Lord has asked you to do that is troubling you? What thing that the Lord has placed in your heart that has been a reservation for you? Whatever that is, simply obey it because God has your good intact or good intended for you. And in fact, your obedience can very, be the very thing that liberates and sets somebody else free. And so leaving fear uh, is something that we must all look into and must be obedient to do. Amen? So leaving fear is important. Number, the third one would be, be leave regret. Leave regret. You know, that scripture we read at the beginning in Isaiah 43, it says, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. You know, if it's under the blood, let's keep it there. You know, I know when you start a new year, you know, that a lot of times you're, you're, uh, uh, the, the realization of what you didn't do last go around begins to come up, present itself. And a lot of times there's a track record of inactivity and a track, track record of failure that we see. Let's leave those things behind and leave those things in the past, amen? Regret is a trap that the enemy has for you. If you'll stay there, he'll keep you bound. So it's important to leave regret. So you're in the, you're in, go back to Isaiah. We're in the 43rd chapter earlier. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43, and go down a few verses below that. 
Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. We read up before in verse 18, to remember the former things, or consider the things, oh, behold, I want to do, and I'll do a new thing. In verse 25, it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. And so, you know, when it comes to uh, leaving regret, you know, let's let what's under the blood, like I said, stay under the blood. If the Lord's not remembering those things, let's make sure we not remember those things. But also, let's not remember those things of one another. Amen. Let's not remember those things of one another. If there's one of those family members, I'm thinking of somebody in my family, uh, that they cannot let the past go. Something that, something that you did years and years and years ago, it's an extended family, something that happened a long time ago, no matter how much progress you've made, they still introduce you as the person who did this. Or, th- or this is how they were 30 years ago. Or this is the thing they did 25 years ago. How many know that does not encourage growth in someone? No, it doesn't. But, you know, we really, we do that all the time and, and without verbalizing it, but we do that towards one another. We ought to be people that we see the good in somebody else and we're calling those things out. Instead of, instead of bringing to remembrance the things that happened in the past, but are drawing on the gifts, talents, the things that are deposited in them and pulling on those things instead of trying to keep them attached to something that they did in the past. Leaving regret is huge, but we have to, we help one another by releasing one another as well in these areas. And so I, I want to encourage you, you know, uh, this year I've got a lot of things that people need to release me from. I mean, how many times I've heard, I remember you when you were this old. I haven't been this, I haven't been this high in a very long time, right? But the truth is, if you see me as someone who's this high, then you won't, you won't be able to get from me as I, who, from who I am as this high, Right? And if you see somebody as somebody who did this stupid thing this many years ago, then you're not going to be able to get from them what they've got for you today, nor encourage that thing to, to blossom or, or, or for uh, it to develop by God's grace in their life. Now, if somebody won't release you from something, it's not going to hold you uh, uh, bound where you are. But at the same point, we can aid one another. We're members of one another. And how we interact with each other is huge as far as whether we step up, rise up, and fulfill what God has called us to do. Seeing people in light of who they are, not who they were, is everything. I tell you, we've got a lot of young people in this church, a lot of young people in this church that, that you may have thought they were just, you guys are looking at each other over there, uh, you may see them as young, was they may very well have your answer that you need, right? And we have a lot of more mature folks in the church that you may think are stuck in the past, and they very well might have the answer that you need, Right? See, God, God will, use, will use all kinds of individuals. And I found a lot of times he'll use the person or, or intent. A lot of times the enemy will cause us to have a problem with somebody who is the answer God has for us. Or he'll taint the way we see somebody. In the light we see them, he'll taint that to keep the thing that they have for us at bay and to keep it at a distance. You think the enemy knows certain things about you? And he doesn't know everything, but do you think he has some ideas, some things that would be a blessing in your life? Do you think he could stir some things up or cause, bring, he brings remembrance to our own selves, things that have happened, right? And things that we've done. Do you think he would do that with other people? Something Doug did. Something Doug said. Something Doug did this and, and to keep you from being open to what he has for you through Doug. 
Let's let those things go. Let's let those things move, move, move past those things. Amen. So we want, to lo- we want to leave regret. We want to put those things aside. We want to leave a satisfied life. You know, we live a very good life here. And 2017 may have been a great, great year for you, but let's not get satisfied with where we've been. Leaving the sa- a satisfied life is so important. And, and part of that is leaving yesterday's manna. Go over to Exodus chapter 16, Exodus the 16th chapter. Exodus chapter 16. Of course, you know, we have here the, uh, uh, the children of Israel are headed their way towards, um, uh, towards the promised land. And, and uh, God has done many great things in their life and, and done things for them. But it says in Exodus 16, says, as they journeyed from Elam, all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, uh, and which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died uh, by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of the... When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. Isn't it amazing how uh, when the Lord tries to move you out, suddenly things that were bondage before you in the past, the enemy will try to make it look real good. Trying to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord hunger. When the, then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And then it should be on the sixth day. Of course, we know though that they're going to gain uh, uh, get twice of those, uh, twice the amount of that. But he instructed them to gain a certain quota every day and to not live on it the next day. If they did, it would rot and smell and have worms, maggots in it. And this certain quota uh, was the portion of a day in its day is what that meant. The the kosher was was uh, the portion of a day in its day. And so they were to, to collect what God had for them this day and to leave what he had for them yesterday aside. You know, a lot of times I can see what, what happens, and I've been there myself, is God does something good for us and we can camp out there and not pursue on to what God has for us the next. And in this case, it was to teach them a continual daily dependence upon God's grace and provision in their life. And so if we're going to move into what God has for us, we have to have develop a, a consistent dependence upon what he has today. I know, you know, growing up, uh, I heard the stories, and we didn't see—I didn't see it here—but I heard the stories, you know, uh, of my my parents, you know, in their uh, congregational church that they grew up in, the denomination church they grew up in. Someone would give a testimony, you know. I remember back in 1960-something, the Lord did this. Or I remember I spoke in tongues, you know, back in 1973, and they hadn't spoken in tongues, or God hadn't done anything else in life all these years since. You know, thank God for what He's done, but you have to leave those things. You have to leave those things behind and be thankful for what God did, but don't live on those things because eventually they'll begin to stink in your life. They'll begin to hold you captive to the past. And so leaving those things is such an important thing. Remember in uh, Luke chapter 5, you can look over there with me. In Luke the 5th chapter, this was uh, uh, when Jesus uh, uh, met Simon Peter. In Luke uh, chapter 5, 
so many good things in, in this, this account here uh, that we can look into. But, but we'll start in verse 1 and we'll just read through it. So, so it was as the multitude pressed him to hear the word of God that they stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen were, had, were gone or had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then they got into one of the boats, which is Simon's, that asked to put him out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You know, there may be some things he asks you to do or instructs you to do this year that might not make a whole lot of sense. But if you'll just simply obey. It says, verse 5 says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he did? In verse 6, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, uh, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11. So they reveled in their catch, enjoyed all that they had caught, and camped out for a year and followed Jesus later. Is that what they did? No. But see, a lot of times, that, that's, if I were an owner of a fishing boat company, if I were Forrest Gump, and owned my own shrimp boat company, and I caught a huge catch, I would want to cash in on that catch. I mean, this was this meant these men's livelihood. And so there was a temptation for them to, to stick around and, to, and to, to enjoy and bask in the moment, but that's not what they did. This was their opportunity. This was their opportunity to, walk, to step into what God had called them. God wanted more for them than just being sh uh, fishing boat captains. He had a bigger plan for them. But this was their opportunity. Had they not done the next verse, we probably, that would have been the last time we saw them. But it says, it says in verse 11, it says, when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it over the past. The Lord will bless somebody with something and that very thing becomes the, the, the thing that causes a stumbling block for them. Be willing to let those things go as well and to move on. What the Lord has done, it's great. Be thankful for it, but don't camp out there. Don't let it rob you from what God has for you. Don't let it steal from what God has for your future, amen? You know, they're, 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 this, this, is why, this is why these individuals were able to be the foundation of the, of the church on Jesus' departure, they would enjoy these moments, but then throughout the mistakes, their heart was one that no matter what's going on, we're going to follow Christ. We're going to go at your word. We're going to go with you. And so this year, you know, be willing to, to leave yesterday's manna and to move on from what God has called you to do. Like I said, you know, I believe we have new blessings this year, new things that God wants to do in your life. No matter how blessed you are, God wants to do more for you. He wants to do more in your life this year. Bring you some new opportunities this year. Some things that, that have been uh, uh, things, maybe some desires of your heart. He wants to bring those things across your path. And so uh, be open to those things, but you got to let loose of some of the old opportunities. New facets of his grace to experience. But then also a new harvest this year. You know, for me, when I was looking at these things in this, this 
this last one, a new harvest, was something that just really uh, uh, kind of went off on the inside of me. We'll look around tonight. We're thankful for who we have. I'm thankful for who God has brought to this church. And these people here have been a blessing to my life. But there's a new harvest for us as a church this year. And I believe, you know, this year, it, like I said, is an acceleration in, in moving forward in some areas. And, and I believe if we will be willing to let the good 35, 36, 37 years we've had leave those things behind and, and to branch out of what God has for us, there is new people God is going to add to this place. New people to the kingdom of God. You know, when we, when we look into, we, a lot of times we look into, uh, uh, we talk about a new year, it's a lot of personal things, personal things that God wants to do in our lives. And those things are good. But what about as a church, in our effectiveness in our community? What about as a church stepping into some things that God, there has been so much planted in this, this church over the years. So much truth planted here. What about stepping into those things? Leaving the comfort of our spacious seats. I had a couple giggles. Leaving the comfort of the way it's always been. Familiar faces. I don't know. I just have a sense this year. God wants to. Bring, he wants to do something. And move us into some areas. He's always been wanting to do it, but are we willing to go with Him this year? Are we willing to be uncomfortable in our, in, our, in, our, in our place here? Be uncomfortable with what God has called us to do. You know, I want to challenge you to expect some big things in the upcoming year. But expect God to lead you and guide you and direct you, but be willing to, to not let loose of old relationships, but make room for new ones. That's the better way to say it. Instead of leaving those, make room for new ones. Make room for some new opportunities for people to be joined together with us. You know, as a church, if we'll do that, if we'll uh, be purposeful in these things, God will be able to do what he wants to do this year. He'll be able to promote us and to move us into some things that we have had on our hearts for years to do. Let's be willing, amen? Let's be willing. Let's be willing to do what he's asked us to do. Praise God. Let's all stand up for a minute. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we, we got a new video game deal for, for Christmas this year, and one of the apps on there is a Google Earth uh, virtual reality thing. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I've spent a few hours looking around the planet uh, since we've gotten it. And, um, you know, I've never been to the, uh, one of the places I've all, I'd always liked to go would be, uh, I've always wanted to go out to Utah, the canyons in Utah. For me, it's like probably the prettiest country in, in the part of our country is Utah. We have the canyons and the mountains and the snow. would love to go. I've not been to the canyon areas. And so I got on Google Earth, you know, and, and it's this 3D VR perspective. You can kind of walk around these canyons, and it was amazing. And I sat there, and I thought, this is so cool. And, I, and the thought came to me, you know what? This is almost as good as being there. And then I realized this is not even close to as good as it is to being there. <laughs> 
you know, I looked at some other things. I went to, went to Paris. You know, we were in Paris uh, this year, and, and I went to the Eiffel Tower and looked at the Eiffel Tower, and it was cool. I thought, that's, that's really, that's pretty amazing. It's amazing you can see it. But, you know, having been there, the view of actually being there was way better than the view of looking at it on Google Earth. Even in VR, it was better to have actually been there. And, you know, actually being there is better than the memory of having been there. And I looked at it and, and had a good memory of being there. Oh, that was cool. But, but then I realized, you know, I'd like to go back there. I'd like to take my wife there. I'd like to go and, and see Paris with her. I'd like to be there again. See, a lot of times what happens is we see things in this. And it's almost like Google Earth VR. You can see it and it looks real good. And you can even get a, a experience partial reality of what it is that's promising to you. Because you're, you're in this VR, you know what virtual reality is, right? The stuff you're, it's, it's, if you don't know what it is, you put these goggles on, you know, and the sound is on and, and some people won't step off planks and things like that. And, uh, <laughs> There's one where you have to walk off, off, a, off out of an elevator, a, a skyscraper, and Steve Morgan would not do it. Um, <laughs> that's all right. I had to turn one off, one off the other day because it kind of freaked me out too. So anyway, um, but it, it surrounds your whole vision, and it, and it, can, and it can suck you in. And, and it's easy to live your life in those places. And the Word of God looks really good. And we see certain things and we can partially experience stuff, but there's nothing like actually having what it says and having it fulfilled in its fullest. And so, you know, in these areas of leaving things and, and laying hold of other things, you know, areas where we've been living a, a VR lifestyle, Christian VR lifestyle, let's let loose of the things and be well. Listen, if he shows us a picture if he has an image in the word of something that belongs to us, it's not just there for us to look at it from a secondary perspective. It's there for us. We have access to have those things. We've got the opportunity to go into those areas. And, and I want to go to Bryce Canyon. I want to see it. And I've seen it on Google Earth. It's great. But now he's given me a vision. I want to get there personally and go see it. And that desire to do something personally is what will cause you to make plans to change your path and direction from a dream or a vision, actually something that happens in your life. But you can't settle. You've got to know what it is, but then you can't settle for just knowing what it is being satisfied. You've got to move on into those things. And so as a congregation, if we had Brother Hagin say to us years ago that we take off like a rocket, spiritually and numerically. Remember that? He said that about us. Been years and years and years ago. These things were said. And so we got real excited about those things. And God has increased us. He has blessed us. And it's been a wonderful thing. But it's possible to experience some of that and get, you're, we're still seeing a virtual reality version of it, meaning not the full version of it. Not seeing all of it, but seeing just a portion of what he has for us. If you get satisfied with that, you'll never push on to what's the rest of it and get the full fulfillment of those things. So I want to encourage you in your personal life, in your, your prayer life where the church is concerned, your prayer life where your future is concerned, your, your, your expectation of what you get out of being here, your expectation of what you have to give to somebody else. You should have an expectation of what you have to offer somebody. Don't just let it be a, 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 an image of what you see, but pursue it to be a reality. This is our roadmap to what we can actually have. 
This is our guidebook and our, our goggles, so to speak, into what's available to us. Let's pursue these things. Let's go after these things. Not be satisfied with, with a mirage of it or part of it, but have all of it. You know what I'm saying? I want to challenge you to step it up in your faith. Step it up in your expectation. Step it up in, in, in things that the Lord has talked to you about in the past, things you've seen. Step those things up and let God actually do it this year in your life. Let him actually bring those things to pass in your life this year. Amen? I believe if, if we'll do that and be willing to let loose of, of, of other things and lay hold of what he has for us, I tell you, it'll be a phenomenal year for us. It'll be a phenomenal year for us. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.